Hi there, everyone. Thanks so much for coming back and sticking with the program. This is a very powerful lesson today, entitled, I am entrusted with the gifts of God. All things are given you. God's trust in you is limitless. He knows his son. He knows creation. He knows you specifically. He gives without exception, holding nothing back that can contribute to your happiness. And yet, unless your will is one with his, in other words, unless that's what you want, his gifts aren't received. But what would make you think there's another will besides his, besides the one creator? <laughs> Here is the paradox that underlies the making of this world what we think of as this world. It is not the will of God, which means it wasn't caused by God or love, and so it's not real. Yet, those who think it's real still believe there must be another will besides God's, and one that leads to opposite effects from those that his will brings to us. Impossible indeed, but every mind that looks upon the world and judges it as certain, solid, trustworthy, and true believes in two creators, either partly God and partly myself, or in one, myself alone, but never in one God. The gifts of God are not acceptable to anyone who holds these strange beliefs, which of course is all of us. He, and all of this should be a we, so keep that in mind. He must believe that to accept God's gifts, however evident they may be, which is all about love and joining and oneness, however urgently he may be called to claim them as his own, is to be pressed to treachery against himself. He must deny their presence, contradict the truth, and suffer to preserve this world he made that we made this hallucination. Because here, this world of time and space and separate things is the only home he thinks he knows. Here is the only safety he believes, key is believes, that he can find. Without the world he made, is he an outcast? Does he feel homeless and afraid? He does not realize that it is actually here in the hallucination that he is afraid indeed and homeless too because he's not acknowledging true home. An outcast wandering so far from home, so long away, he does not realize he's forgotten where he came from, where he goes, or even, tragically, who he really is. Yet, in his lonely, senseless wanderings, God's gifts go with him, all unknown to him. We have an entourage with us all the time. He can't lose them, but he won't look at what's given him. So he wanders on, aware of the futility he sees about him everywhere, and perceiving how his little lot bedwindles as he goes ahead to nowhere. Yet still he wanders in misery and poverty, feeling alone, obviously not really alone, feeling alone, although God or love is with him and, besides that, a treasure so great that everything the world contains is 
totally valueless before its magnitude. So he, or we, seems a sorry figure, weary, worn, in threadbare clothing with feet that bleed a little from the rocky road he walks. No one but has identified with him, for everyone who comes here has pursued the path he follows, the path of being a separate self living in a world of separate things, and has felt defeat and hopelessness as he is feeling them. Yet, is he really tragic when you see that he's just following the way he chose and all he needs to do is realize who walks with him and open up his treasures to be free? As always, the message is everything that we want to experience, everything that is truly ours is always exactly where we are. It's not someplace else that we have to go get. So it says, well, this sorry figure is your chosen self, the one you made as the replacement for your reality as a loving, joined presence. Well, this is the self you savagely defend against all reason, every evidence, and all the witnesses with proof to show this isn't you. All of these lessons are about kind of proving to you that you have to be as you were created and not as you have invented yourself. But we don't pay any attention to them. You go your appointed way with eyes cast down lest you might catch a glimpse of truth and be released from self-deception and set free. We're afraid to be set free. You cower fearfully, lest you should feel Christ's touch upon your shoulder and perceive his gentle hand just directing you to look at your gifts. How could you then proclaim your poverty in exile? He would make you laugh at this preposterous perception of yourself. So where is self-pity then? And what becomes of all the tragedy that you sought to make for him whom God intended only joy? Okay, your ancient fear has come upon you now, and justice has caught up with you at last. Christ's hand has touched your shoulder, and you feel that you're not alone. You even think this miserable self you thought was you might not be your identity after all. Possibly, perhaps, God's word or creation is truer than the insane one that we've made up. Perhaps his gifts to you are real. Perhaps, and I love this, he has not been wholly outwitted by your plan to keep his son in deep oblivion and go the way you chose without yourself, without union without joining, without acknowledgement of what it is you are. So God's will doesn't oppose, it just merely is. So it's not God you have imprisoned in your plan to lose yourself. He doesn't know about a plan so alien to his will. There was a need that he couldn't possibly understand, to which he gave an answer, that's all. And you who have this answer given you have no need of anything but this, because now we can live, we cannot die. The wish for death is answered, and the sight that looked upon it now has been replaced by vision, by the vision of innocence that comes from letting go of grievances 
that perceives that you are not what you pretend to be. One walks with you, always right here where you are, who gently answers all your fears with this one merciful reply, this is not so. This is a dream. He points to all the gifts you have each time the thought of poverty oppresses you and speaks of his companionship when you perceive yourself as lonely and afraid. And yet he reminds you still of one more thing that you've forgotten. His touch on you has made you like him. The gifts you have are not for you alone. What he has come to offer you, you now must learn to give. This is the lesson that his giving holds. Remember, over and over again, we're told that what we give, we have more of. This is how increase occurs. He has saved you from the solitude you sought to make in which to hide from God. He has reminded you of all the gifts that God has given you and speaks as well of what becomes your will. Love, the same as God, the same as Creator, once you accept these gifts and recognize they are your own and so much better than the gifts we invented for ourselves. The gifts are yours entrusted to your care to give all who chose that lonely road you are now escaping. They don't understand. They just pursue their wishes, those desires for specialness and separateness and trying to get ahead in the world. So it's you who can teach them now. For you have learned of Christ from love, from innocence, from being in your right mind that there is another way to walk. Teach them by showing them the happiness that comes to those who feel the touch of Christ and recognize God's gifts. Don't let sorrow tempt you to be unfaithful to your trust. Because if you do, your sighs will betray the hopes of those who look to you for their release. They're looking for you to be a model of what's possible. And if you don't, your tears are theirs. If you're sick, you but withhold their healing. What you fear but teaches them, their fears are justified. The world is reeled. Nobody loves you. You're all alone. Probably going to get sick. No, we don't want to teach that. Your hand becomes the giver of Christ's touch. Your change of mind becomes the proof that who accepts God's gifts can't suffer anything, no sacrifices asked. You are entrusted with the world's release from pain. So don't betray it. Become the living proof of what Christ's touch can offer everyone. God or love has entrusted all these gifts to you. They are built into the fabric of your being. So be witness in your happiness to how transformed the mind becomes that chooses to accept his gifts and feel the touch of Christ. By being a witness to it, you're just simply showing other people what's possible. This is your mission now. Because God entrusts the giving of his gifts, there's that giving again, to all who have received them. He has shared his joy with you, and now you go to share it with the world. The more you share your joy, the more you have. Marvelous lesson. One of my favorites. I have a whole lot of favorites, but 
this is one of them. I look forward to having you back tomorrow. Goodbye.